Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. Hello and welcome along to episode 33 of Talking Dogs on Thursday with myself, Barry Drake. It's another week, another passionate guest. This time we're catching up with Conor McCormack, who is, as I said, um, a big, big greyhound man. And that will say hello to you, Conor. How are you, Barry? Very well. Thanks uh, for, for joining us on the podcast this week. Just give our listeners maybe um, a bit of background on yourself, um, firstly. I suppose, Barry, I was, like most people in the game, I was born greyhound racing. And um, my dad and my granddad always kept greyhounds for as long as I can remember. And um, just through that, having dogs and going racing as I got older, I got interested in the dogs more. And the passion grew, I suppose, and I got caught with the bug. And I've been going greyhound racing ever since. I would always go and we'd have runners. And my granddad's been a regular at Shelvin Park for over 40 years. And suppose when I was about 11 or 12 I started to go on my granddad every Saturday night to Shelburne and you know my knowledge of racing grew and the passion grew and I just loved going to see top racing and whenever we'd have a runner it always turn up as well and you know it just it really just blossomed from there and that's kind of like how we really get into it They're very good so I would imagine there's some great memories of greyhounds that you've had in your care over the years Ah yeah I suppose Barry look um, I kind of came into Greyhound racing when I was, I'm only 22 now, but just about the year before I was born, my dad had the best Greyhound he ever had, a bitch called Cool Panther. Um, he picked her up for a thousand quid in Shelton Park sales and for a syndicate of um, his friends in Grada. And um, that bitch ran up the Irish Derby then a few, over a year later. And um, she had two track records of Shelton Park, so my dad became well established after that bitch and I suppose everyone I was growing up and I remember our pups were always around the place and you know we had a really good dog I was only young at the time but my dad had a really good dog called Blue Panther out of her and he was only beating the photo finish in the Irish Ledger so I suppose growing up we kind of moved away because to be honest with you Barry our setup only really suits two dogs so we would always head off to the sales and kind of buy, you know, a race dog rather than going out and buying pups. And uh, we'd always look, my dad is a pretty good eye for buying dogs in the sales. And um, we kind of just bought dogs here and there. And you don't always get open class dogs, but we'd always spend kind of relatively small money on dogs. And dad would always try and pick a dog that he could work on a bit of a project, you know, maybe a dog that didn't settle in somewhere or he's in a big kennel and, for when you are set up with only two dogs set up you get hands on attention and you know you get dogs that would improve and take big jumps forward like, like we, we had a really good dog there a couple of years ago called Panther Paw and um, we bought him in Longford sales for 700 euro and um, he was beaten a distance in a sales trial and um, I think it was eight or nine weeks later he won an AAO in Shelton Park in 2840 and you know, on the old track that was for some run back then, he actually um he actually bet Ball Sports Hero. He won the Conan and Kirby for Brenda Matthews and he won the Project Stakes as well. So he wasn't a bad purchase for seven hundred euro. Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm sure you, you get great satisfaction out of uh, picking up a dog for handy money and uh, watching them improve. And and just proves, I suppose, every month or every couple of weeks you always hear of a dog that has been bought at the sales, you know, for pretty small money. So there's great value available out there as well. 
that's it, Barry. The dogs are always out there if you kind of, if you, my dad, dad had always had a good eye of a dog, but they're always out there. Like, like, like the Ballyan Sim was in the third of sales with a two or three years ago and he was on the bench. He didn't make 4,000 euro. I think he was sold in the car park after. And, you know, I know Damien McGinn bought a very fast dog in the third of sales a few years ago called Outer Boy Bullet and he ended up really top. I think he did 28-20 in the dock and Martin Lanny had him. I think he won the Constellation Kirby Stake as well in Limerick. And um, I think he went over to England. He was a top, really top dog in England for uh, June Harvey. So, like, if you look hard enough, the dogs are always there. Like, we also got a nice dog, um, Champagne Ash. I think we, I think we actually bought him up to Greyhound Anna for, you know, relatively small money, fourteen, fifteen hundred quid. And um, he was actually from breeding. You'd know Barry Beano's Ash from the, I think it's the Mar- Ma- Manix. I think is it. Yeah, from the Manix. That's that's right. And. Um, we bought him out for racing Lifford and it took us six months to actually get him right but um, he done the fastest run for a dog in Trumbull Park over 575 he done 3101 the tri distance final one night and um, you know you get you just he took six months to get him right but I tell you the night he won it was it was well worth the wait Barry I'm sure it was and you know like it's, it's a great sport for people to get into as well Connor. like you know young syndicates and stuff like that because we just obviously speaking about the value you can get for money um, out there I've seen it myself with um, local lads here we've picked up some cheap dogs um, for, for small money and they've went on to um, win plenty of races so you know it's, it's an ideal opportunity for, for a young couple of people um, interested in getting involved in the game you can buy a dog um, as I said for, for cheap money and uh, find one of your local trainers that's it Barry that's what it's all about like greyhound racing is not just for the greyhound people it's also a social outing you know like the likes I've got involved with a couple of syndicates as well with, with people I know from dogs but like I also have friends that wouldn't be into greyhound racing and I brought them along to like to show them park for a night out and they'd always say you know I'd love to get into a share of a dog and I think syndicates are a great way to get people into the game and they're really good for pushing it forward and you said they're, it's a relatively you know small expense for a hobby and it's a night out and you can enjoy and have a bit of crack and not everyone has to own a Derby class dog you know I've had nights where I have a great night and dogs and A5 and A3 stakes that you enjoyed any night you know as much as winning a race in the Stroud Park on a Saturday night so you know there's a dog out there for everyone and that's what the game's all about Yeah it sure is and um, just tell us at the moment have your, yourself and your dad Philip any dogs right now? Well we have we kind of we switched lanes about three or four years ago Barry um we met we met David McGrath a couple of years ago and and uh, we kept a few dogs for him the odd dog a couple of badmintons and um, I think it was the first bitch we ever had for David was a bitch called Badminton Rua and um, she was an exceptionally fast bitch we were lucky enough to get her I think Dolan Murphy trains most of David's dogs and he was full up at the time and um, I would go schooling with David most times in the tracks and we saw this bitch at the time and he was mad about her all the time and David gave her to dad and she was very fast. She'd done the fastest ever sprint for a bitch in Drumbo Park. And uh, we brought her down to your neck of the woods, Barry. She'd done 28, 28 in Cork, her first look at the track in the race one night. Um, she was very fast, but we that was the first bitch we kept for David. And a couple of years ago, David said to us that um, he was getting the coursing dog. And uh, we said, look, we didn't really know much about coursing, but dad always said he wanted to give it a go. and the first dog we got for Dave was a dog called Babington Big Ben and uh, he met Seamus O'Mara from the Chubby's Kennels who would be you know one of the top coursing breeders and um, we got Babington Big Ben and 
we said, look, we'll have a bit of crack and see how we get on. And we got Bob in the Big Ben and he ends up winning the Trawl Stake in Carlo on his first out. And so it was our first course in Doug and our first out. And he happened to win the 32 Trawl Stake and we ended up somehow in Clement and the Derby then. And we were kind of laughing to ourselves. Like, But um, ever since then, we've just coursed we've just kept coursing dogs now. We've only ever had three. And then they have decided to get another course and dog the year after when just we had Big Ben at the time and Seamus Amara told David he had um two pups of quality and dash who would be one of the top course and brew bitches in the last few years. She bred the course and oaks winner, uh, Grace and Glamour, the Flynn's trained. And uh, it was like liquid gold to get one of them. So Dad's of course will take one of them and we're after getting he was like getting bit by the bug again, Barry, when like coursing and tracking it it's so different, but there's just different trails in them, you know. Like I remember getting the, the excitement of going to my first Greyhound race as a kid and when you're going back into the course and it was just the same feeling all over again and um so then we have a dog we took a dog, Babington Dasher then we still have him at home at the moment. Um he's an all age dog now, but uh, he was about, he was supposed to be an all age dog last season but we never got to run him the way COVID worked and we um we've a bitch uh, at the moment as well. It's a sister to Big Ben called Babington Chubby, and uh, they're the two dogs, the race dogs we have. And Big Ben lives in the house at the moment. But um, I tell you one thing, Barry. I was I was very nervous, and I didn't really know much about going in with Big Ben and Dasher into trial sticks. But I'll tell you one thing: this bitch, I'm very boastful about this one. I think there's something special about this lady. So hopefully we get her on the trial stick next year for the for the 2019 Welps and. Hopefully we'll be in Clamell again. Hopefully we'll be keeping a close eye on that. And as you said, I suppose, look, you've always only kept two or three greyhounds, so I would imagine you get quite attached to them, and I'm sure you could back up the, the phrase that has been used a lot in recent times, that greyhounds make great pets. Oh, well, that's it, Barry. To be honest with you, I always saw greyhounds as pets, and they just also happened to be race dogs, the way we'd always keep them. Do you know, like, our system is, the way our system is, that, like, we're always hands-on for dogs and the dogs always come in the house and we spend time in the house and as you said we always get very attached to our dogs like like if anyone ever looked at my Twitter page you'd always see pictures of the dogs in the house and you know it's all about training the dog is, is simple logic it's about keeping them healthy keeping them fit and keeping them happy and that's all you can do with them and everyone I know in Greyhound Racing looks after the dogs 100% and you know like I've never met anyone that didn't look after Greyhound as well and to be honest with you, most greyhounds look better after than the people themselves. But yeah, without a doubt, Connors, look, we're we're all um, we all love the animals, and we wouldn't be associating with anyone that we thought wasn't doing the right thing. But that's it, like you know, when that's, that's I've never met any genuinely no no word of a lie. I've never met anyone in greyhound racing that didn't look after their dogs because it's a pride in themselves. But they also love the animals, as you said, and people get very attached to their dogs, and you know, people like. When the people even when they sell dogs, I guarantee you one thing, they're always looking and always asking how the dog's doing and if they're running in England, if they move them on, they're always looking when they're trialing and when they're racing. And I know from Percy myself, like we had a very good dog there as well. We had him with Big Ben actually at the time, uh, Babington Donald. And um he done twenty eight sixty nine in Galway in the and in the, in the A three stake in Galway. I can't remember actually the name of it now, but uh, Joe Horn stake in, in Galway. And um, he went to Kevin Hutton's then, and I was always texting Kevin Hutton and Stephen Harvey's owner how he was doing. And I went over actually, I went over to see him running Romford one night as well when I went over to the lads for a night out. And you know, you, you always want to keep up with your dogs and how they're doing. And 
he said behind every dog there's connections and locality he said even local dogs people always support their dogs and it's great to see and that's what the game's all about Yeah I totally agree with you there um, Connor. and uh, I would imagine that uh, you'll be looking forward to hopefully getting back to um, Shelburne Park and enjoying uh, great nights out hopefully um, in the coming months Oh well, that's it Barry like, Shelburne Park's nearly my second home at this stage like I started going with my granddad when I was about 11 or 12 every Saturday night because as I said my granddad's been my granddad's been going to Shelburne Park for over 40 years now every Saturday night like if my my grand's not there on a Saturday night there's either something wrong with them or you know we've a runner somewhere else and um, I started going over and funny enough for some reason I never worked it out but my grand we live half an hour away from Shelburne Park and my grand leaves the house every Saturday night a quarter to six when racing's on and we're there a quarter past six or half six and racing doesn't start till eight o'clock <laughs> I I think a lot of the I suppose the older generation are, are like that because I could say the same about my grandfather when he used to be going to the all he he mightn't even have a runner and he'd be the first man in the car park. But that, that's it, Barry. Like we always laugh and I always see like Ian Fortune not coming in. My granddad like he always laugh and seeing like my granddad there even before he comes in and the trainers as well. And I suppose like he likes to, my granddad likes to go in and you know it's all about social out and Barry. He likes to go in and talk to everyone and make sure he gets to say hello to everyone before the first race starts and. But through that, like I used to be going in and you'd be sitting there for an hour and a half watching the football. But then I started going over to the kennels when I was about 11 or 12. And I used to go in and see the top dogs coming in on Saturday night. And, you know, it was like seeing the celebrities coming in. You're looking at these dogs, the top Saturday night dogs in Shelburne and you're meeting the people that have them. And they'd be asking questions about them. And I remember, I think it was... I think I remember the first time I was going over and I was makeshift. Dolores Ruth had makeshift and rather level George and I was in awe of seeing these champion dogs and they're going like, you know, at the end of the day, they're just dogs as well. Like, they're, like you go over, you go over and pet them and, you know, it's just, that's what it's all about and my interest really grew from there just seeing the Saturday night racing and you'd be wondering what would trial and you'd be writing down what times dogs did and, and you'd know before everyone else and that's what it's all about, Barry. Do you know, at the end of the day, most definitely and uh, great news uh, about the future development plans at Shelburne Park that was announced a couple of days ago oh that's that's really good Barry like Shelburne Park I know right like racing doesn't just revolve around Shelburne Park but at the end of the day it is the as we call the headquarters of Greyhound Racing and you know it's a state Shelburne Park is the best racing of it's Greyhound Racing in the world like you know the standard of racing Shelburne Park of lads can tell you when you go in is second to none so I suppose you know a racing that strong deserves a really top class stadium, and it is a top class stadium. It just needs a bit of a facelift, Barry, and a change at the times because you know. But at the end of the day, Shelburne Park is where you want to be with a greyhound, and it represents the sport in the best light. And I think it's a great, great, really good investment to upgrade Shelburne Park to the standard that it deserves. Without a doubt, and uh, hopefully we'll all be back in there again soon. And uh, big crowds enjoying a great night out at a wonderful venue. In terms of the racing itself, um, I know you follow it closely, uh, following the form at all the various tracks um, all over the country. But uh, last weekend, uh, once again, we had a, a remarkable weekend of Greyhound racing with the Juvenile Classic taking centre stage below in the Kingdom Greyhound Stadium um, in Tralee, and also the Ladbrokes Easter Cub in Shelburne Park on Saturday night. Great, of course, to have it on RPG TV, and I'm sure you were impressed with the standard of racing in both finals well, I think Barry if you're a Greyhound fan and you didn't enjoy the weekend Friday and Saturday night you're probably in the wrong sport and you know 
I thought it was I thought racing last night was unbelievable. There was some serious performances last night. I thought Brody's magic was unbelievable. I thought it was sensational. He, the determination he showed going into the first bend. Like tra- you know, a trap one wouldn't be the best breaking box in Shelburne Park in a sprint, but he came out a length or two behind and he just bullied his way in the bend and eighteen sixty was a fair run last night's track. I also thought that the last winner by Dog the Juby close he followed Barry the clone of both Doug. I think he's a really, really top derby prospect. I think you were seeing, you know, the Tralee form last night. Last week he came out, like he was knocked out in the second round of Tralee, but he came out in the 28-33 in Cork, which is a serious run on any night of the week. And um, he came out last night, never around Shelton Park. On the track, he done 32-70. Like, the fight, like, not the Bill Sid was mighty impressive, but he done 30 seconds. Like, how far back was the track for a 600 run? You know, he, he could really just be anything that dog. Yeah, he sure could. And, uh, you know, bred uh, down here in this area by um, Willie Kelleher. They're a very promising leader. So, uh, certainly exciting times ahead uh, for owner Kevin O'Brien and uh, Castletown Roach trainer uh, Tom O'Neill. And uh, it really was uh, a marvellous weekend for the Pat Buckley Kennel as well. All started with Sing Along Staddy um, delivering a stunning performance on Friday night. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually still can't believe she got across from Trafford Barry, to be honest with you. Um, but the way she's bred, Droopy Smasher is really just producing top class animals. Like we wouldn't be big breeders, but I just know if anyone in Greyhound Racing knows, it's all at the end of the day, it's all about the breeding. And if you don't have the right breeding, you won't ever have a top dog, in my opinion. You can get a few dogs to appear here and there, but when you go through the classics, at the end of the day, it's all about breeding. And Droopy Smasher was an unbelievably fast bitch. And her first layer, she bred Glengar Bale, you know, Derby semi-finalist. And, very unlucky in the English Derby as well and now she's produced Sing Along Sally who you know she could even surpass Glengar Bale in terms of ability like, to go into Tralee for first of all for a bitch to go into dogs like, I think she's what the only second winner of the Juvenile Classic for a bitch and she went in on, on the weather it was on Friday night and she really just put on the masterclass performance yeah she sure did exciting times ahead and you, you touched on breeding there obviously you follow that aspect of the game very closely as well is there any particular stud dog that you like at the moment yeah well I suppose and to be honest with you I think I think there's two standard stud dogs at the moment I think Droopy Sydney is definitely one up there he trained the final in um, the Juvenile Classic and should knock the bill Sid's also Droopy Sydney and Dear Jet Sydney's also he won last night again the English Derby winner he's a Droopy Sydney so, look, Droopy Sydney's definitely one of the dogs, and he was probably an underused dog. He only really came on the scene when Bubbly Bluebird and that kind of, and Droopy's Harbour, another bitch from Cork, Barry, near neck of the woods, came on the scene, and I think he's a 10-year-old dog now, but I think for an, an upcoming stud dog, I think good news has really proven himself now in the last few weeks. Like, every time you turn up and look at results, the fastest winners nearly always are good news, and the Kennedys are really his dog like the throne dog they're really pushing them with every bitch they have and, and rightly so he won a derby there used to be a kind of misconception that the derby winners were always bad stud dogs but I'll tell you one thing I wouldn't mind going to good news with a few bitches yeah that's for sure um, Connor. so look as I said um, we've enjoyed so much uh, great racing over the last couple of couple of months there's been you know plenty of great content out there as well and uh, a lot to look forward to no doubt again for the, for the coming year Ah, yeah, look, this, this is what it's all about. Like, we had the Gold Cup and the Easter Cup and the Juvenile Classic. And it might, one of my favourite stakes that's come in the last few years is the Conan and Kirby Memorial starting in a few weeks. And you'll see the best dogs of the future. And, you know, the 2019 Welps going head-to-head. And 
I think there's a seriously good crop of 2019 dogs around at the moment. Like if the likes of, like it's scary to think, I know I don't know if she's going to run or not, but the likes of Ballymac Beanie and Ballymac Art, they're 2019 whelps, and you have the likes of Ballymac, um, Ballymac, um, oh, he's lost me there now, not in speed, Ballymac uh, Casho. I need to like them dogs and Graham Holland had a couple last night and Liam down a couple last night in Limerick. The two Ballymac Ballymac slap up was another dog that came out to the Trilly stake. He was beaten the first round. Done twenty eight fifty last night, you know, and um Noburn and Jack Larry and Jack O'Shea's dog, the Jack's dog, the one the Clam Ellen race stake done twenty eight fifty in the trial last night and Graham Holland's rural dog for the O'Dwyer's one, he done twenty eight sixty in the first round of Flamel as well. He done twenty eight forty last night, so you know, there's some serious 2019 dogs around at the moment and I tell you one thing, it takes some dog to win that Kirby. Yeah, it sure will. It's going to be another unbelievable event and uh, very much looking forward to that. Well, Connor, look, it was absolutely fantastic to speak to you um, on the podcast um, this week. You're a man with uh, a huge knowledge of the sport and uh, I'm sure, as I said, you'll be enjoying uh, plenty more great greyhound racing uh, throughout the year and uh, we're wishing yourself and your dad, um, Philip, the best of luck going forward and hopefully we'll see you back um, on the track soon and who knows, maybe get that classic that you came so close to winning um, in, in recent in, in years gone by. Hopefully, Barry, yeah. Hopefully we go well. Hopefully we get back into Sheldon Park for the Derby this year and We'll celebrate. I'll tell you one thing, whoever wins the Derby this year, there'll be some celebration regardless who wins. Yeah, looking forward to it, Connor. Thanks a million for joining us on the podcast. Thanks very much, Barry. Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash talking dogs.